Good morning, night, or afternoon. Um, welcome to another episode of Background Noise. I'm here today with a very special guest, the one, the only, Fallon Angel. Mabuhai, how are you? I'm doing good, how are you? I'm feeling great. Feeling? I've just been sunbathing, you know, planting plants, gardening, gardening. The full Lorax fantasy. Yes. Um, how has your quarantine been? It's been fine. I've been staying busy, making new projects, sewing, painting, reorganizing my room, building right. furniture. Right, right. I feel I've reorganized my room at least 15 times since I got back home. Um, and, like, I keep getting upset that there's no space left, but I keep putting things in. Like, I put a whole new dresser, a whole desk, sewing machine, everything. I love that. I built my own bed frame recently. Oh, wow. But now my mattress is not on the floor anymore. Ooh, fancy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Living that lavish life. Right. Um, what else have you been doing? Uh, I've been working with the school for um, the orientation for freshmen and transfers, so that's been pretty interesting getting to talk to, like, seniors from high school still and like other transfer students who have been to college already but are new to the blue family how is that is it all on zoom so it's it's been pretty interesting since a lot of students are still in high school right now and haven't graduated just yet but it's been on like google meets zoom basically whatever platform that like our students want to use at that time whoever is available and what devices that they have we just cater to them so then we're able to like communicate effectively with them that sounds really cool it's fun is jumpstart now not going to be a thing over summer so for this summer yeah we're not going to have any jumpstart like sessions on campus rather it's more virtual which is kind of interesting because like it's just hard to get everyone to be on the same schedule and oh, have, yeah. like, synchronous meetings. I can only imagine because, like, I remember during Jumpstart. Jumpstart is our orientation, like, pre-orientation. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, I remember that that's when I made my schedule. And that took, like, that's where I learned how to make my schedule for the foreseeable future. And it's got to be a lot harder to do that not in person than it is, like, oh, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard to because like the advisors for these students, they have to like schedule their own meetings mm-hmm. with each student rather than just having a group of them in like one go. It's like now we just all have to like schedule for each other, which is kind of inconvenient, but we have to make do during this situation. Yeah. How are we going to do the cross the line where we figure out which kids are gay in order to just oh, like, I that's, that's what I did during my orientation. They did the cross the line and they were like, step across the line if you're a part of the lgbtq community and i was like okay let's let's look yeah i walked out the room <laughs> he said i will not stand for any of this <laughs> down. they said walk to the middle you flew yeah literally i hovered oh uh, that was fun though that's where i met gabby really yep she didn't talk to me the whole day <laughs> I talked to her and it was like talking to a wall and she refused to reply to me. Then at the end of the day, she finally said something and I was like, ooh, friendship, we got it. <laughs> uh, so you said you were sewing things, painting things. I've seen one of the dress you're making, which is very pretty. Thank um, you. What else are you making and painting? And So I made a couple pairs of shorts I've recently learned how to sew a zipper onto garments, which is beautiful, and it's very, it's, it's easier than I expected it to be, because now it's just what I'm doing for everything now. Before, it used to be like, oh, I love to put elastic on things, and I love to crop stuff, but now it's like, I can actually make real articles of clothing that actually fit me and look presentable. Nice. That's really impressive. Where do you learn all this stuff? Just YouTube? Well, 
technically a costume design major, but I haven't taken any actual costume construction classes yet. So like, my bird, do you hear my bird? I do. I love it. It, it every time it talks, it sounds like the beginning of Toxic. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So I haven't had any actual experience learning how to actually build any garments. So it's basically all self-taught from like YouTube and like reading like on Pinterest. Do you have anything that you've worn for drag that isn't self-made though? Like now that I'm thinking about it. I had, like, a couple of jumpsuits from, like, Forever 21, but, like, usually, like, anything that I buy or, like, wear is either, like, I bought it and, like, I customized it yeah. to fit me perfectly or it's, like, handmade. Because I'm thinking, I remember you had the top that was made out of, it looked like window blinds. The seesaw top. Mm-hmm. That was really nice. Thank you. Um, it was made from plastic knives. Was it really? I thought it was made from, you know, like, how windows have the, um, oh my god, I can't think of the word. Like, the metal window thing. I have one right here. That behind me. <laughs> I, I can't. Um, I, I know what you're talking about. Though. Yeah. Um, and then you made the construction worker outfit. Mm-hmm. Um, you just, did you make that red leather one? Or not the red, the black leather one? Isn't that so much fun? Right. I love rhinestoning. It is the most peaceful. Look, okay. So I love rhinestoning so much. I bought one of those like stupid little, um, it's a rhinestoning picture where you rhinestone diamonds (laughs) onto a picture and make Uh the picture. It is one of the, it was, first off, there are about a billion pieces that you have to rhinestone into it. Yeah. But it's really relaxing. The one part of rhinestoning that does bother me, though, is, like, trying to flip the small rhinestones so that you can, like, pick it up perfectly and place it down. Mm-hmm. That's always the struggle. But what I found is that you have to put it onto, like, a little small dish. And if you just shake the dish, it will all, like, flip. Yep. And then inhaling the E6000. Oh, yeah. smell in the world. Mm-hmm. During my, my NDA sifts a lot faster when I used to do it. I remember I rhinestoned everything during my NDA sifts and that went by fast. Um, And that's on period. That's on um, inhaling toxins to your brain. (laughs) (laughs) We love to hear it. Um, So you, what have you been painting? Painting? Yes. Well, I've been like making collage art things from like, oh my gosh, my bird. From like, from like magazines, like old like clippings that I've had. So like I've been like putting them onto a canvas, and like I would like paint around it, just like little designs, not actual like painting like the Mona Lisa, but like patterns and stuff. Understandable. I love. See, I'm so jealous of people who can paint because first off, I have no artistic ability, and second off, I can't see color. So it really just there's yeah, no. <laughs> like I just every time someone's like I'm painting, I'm like. Tell me everything about it, please. It sounds amazing. I remember I wanted to paint so bad, so my um I bought a color color by number thing and it still looked wrong to me. Ugh. I'm screaming. Um that you're keeping really busy. Are you putting things in the background while you do this? Like are you watching Netflix? So I don't have a Netflix account or Hulu or anything or Disney Plus. So if you want to share your password with me, I would love that. <laughs> but I've been watching like YouTube videos and I've been, you know, you'll love this. I've been watching Glee compilations of like the best of Sam, uh, <laughs> Rachel Berry being annoying for eight minutes, like all those videos. You have to watch Glee out of context where it's just. I, I've seen one of them. Yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite one. Most of them are just Sue's corner where she says, like, do you ever go up to a homeless person and tell them, why are you homeless? Just stop. <laughs> like, her lines are some of the most offensive yet hilarious things. Right. Um. Oh, I love that. I'm, I've been watching Glee, but I'm on that part where it's just god-awful to watch and you really got to power right. through. Yeah. What season? Um, four, I believe. I'm on the quarterback. I just finished the quarterback. 
which as if I would remember what episode that was. It's like it's been like how many years since I watched Glee. <laughs> well, quarterback is the the tribute one. I'm opening up Netflix oh. now. Yeah. <laughs> That's sad. Um, what is I'm on episode. Hold on, I'm on episode. I'm looking. Oh, it's deleted from my Netflix. Oh no, oh. season five, episode ten, and I haven't watched it in a month. I think oh, okay. I think the last time I watched it was when we were getting ready for the last show. Oh my goodness, that's a while ago. <laughs> I know. Um. So you, what do you watch on YouTube? Just the Glee compilations. What else? Glee compilations, like sewing videos. Nice. And um, there's this one YouTuber that I follow. Her name is like it's Wendy, I think. Wendy Williams. She just has- no, yeah. <laughs> but she has the most satisfying like sewing videos and like she gets to like renovate things like she lives in this beautiful studio apartment and she's like building her furniture and stuff and i'm just like that's the life that i want to live i love that that sounds really peaceful mm-hmm. i've been watching a lot of the like hacking videos where they'll like here's how to take your dusty old pants and turn them into a whole new home it's oh, like oh my god the, that type of stuff the stuff on snapchat where it's like five minute hacks that'll change uh-huh. your life that or the um crushing videos where they just they'll take things and put it in the hydraulic press and crush it oh, okay. that yeah. is so satisfying to me it you like know what i've been watching that, been, that has been so satisfying and you're gonna be like really you want it i've been watching car detailing videos really <laughs> <laughs> like yes. What does that entail? It's beautiful. There's this one guy. He's called, like, the Detail Geek. He's so cute. He's my man crush Monday right now. <laughs> and he just, like, takes these nasty-ass stingy cars and trucks and stuff like that. And, like, he just makes them look brand new by, like, using his vacuum and stuff and, like, scrubbing it down. It's just so satisfying to watch, like, the before and after and the whole process of it all. Ugh. That sounds, that actually sounds really interesting. I don't like cars, but I like what you just said, like the before and after process of like, I've, yeah, I, I might check that out because that sounds, please, um, that sounds so satisfying. This, like, this sounds so relaxing. Everything that you're like, like you're getting work done, but it sounds like it's relaxing. Yeah. But I can't complain. I mean, someone who... I was talking to someone where, like, everyone was just... I think it was um, Anna Crucis, where she was talking about how it's just... Life is... Before Corona, everything was going so fast, and now it's so slow. And do we really want to complain that, like, we have a break and we can breathe? Right. Um, Especially now that we're... It looks like we're in the end game now. Um, yeah. Things are going to start ramping up again. Maybe I'll get to see people again. That'd be nice. Um, That'd be I know, I love I, all it. All I see is dead people. Oh! <laughs> Next topic! Who's <laughs> up behind you? Oh. Oh, don't worry about her. She's she's paying rent, so it's fine. <laughs> no ghosts are staying in my home without paying rent. Um, what was I going to say? I was just going to ask something and then I completely... Have you been watching any horror movies? That's something I've gotten into, too. Really? Oh, yeah. I, I can't watch a horror movie without just freaking out. No. So, I used to hate horror movies, and, like, if I would see an ounce of blood on TV, I would cry and scream and not be able to sleep. But now I've yeah. been, like, watching those those really weird horror movies where it's, like, a cult in the woods. Like... Oh, I never. I watched that Heredity that was, I'm not gonna lie, that movie was terrible. It was not scary. I watched Winchester. Um, I love ghosts. And, like, I don't know. I feel... people. Oh, no. I'm... I said sorry, okay? I didn't know I left you on read. <laughs> I just wanna... Do you remember that joke we had written for the show about ghosting? Oh, I love Casper. I really do. I wanna watch that now. Um, so I want to, yeah, I want to talk more about 
your drag and your drag aesthetic because it's one of the most pleasing things in the world. Like, it's just so aesthetically pleasing. Everything you make and you put together, you've already talked about, like, you, there's nothing that you don't put your own personal flair on. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I also, like, I think it's safe to say you're one of the most, like, you've been there during every step of my drag career. We signed up for the show, literally, like, the first drag show I was in. I signed up, and then you went, oh, are you doing this? This sounds fun. Let's do this. <laughs> like, right after. And then we've pretty, I've done everything pretty much with you right next to me. So we've definitely been down the road together. And it's just been very interesting because we call each other to get ready for a show. We're always next to each other getting ready. Um, and it's very interesting to like see your process and see it's so meticulous and everything has a purpose and everything comes from a certain place, whether it be like, a childhood memory or representing something it's all every single thing you do means something and it's very interesting and kind of amazing because you take it and make it much more special yeah i really like to put a lot of significance in what i do i don't really like i put my heart in what i do i don't think of this as like something that's just like for fun you know like it is of course for fun but there is a a deeper meaning to what i do with my drag career and i really want to be able to like use what i've learned and like show my experiences to be that figure for someone else to show that like this is an art form and this is like respectable yeah and you you've also got an amazing like manage like managing skill where like you the way you like I don't know how to say this but like when we do interviews for certain things or when we talk about certain things you handle it with such class and you find a way to keep it like still fun and still drag at its core but also you tell a message I mean the one interview we did where you were talking about um just how important drag is right now and how important like it is to hear queer voices it's also the same video where you're seen with a wig off running through the background of a like coming in and out and it's just like you balance it so well mm-hmm. how do you do this yeah where, where do you, where do your inspirations come from from this because like i said everything has a point in a meeting so where do you where do you find these inspirations well a lot of these things come from like my childhood and like things that i found joy with like movies or like television shows and just like memories with like my family like my mom's a huge inspiration for me like she's very serious but like she's also very fun and loving and i just like i see her as like a beautiful woman figure in my life that just like i want to represent through my drag like yeah i completely see that because i whenever i see like your drag first off you're like when you perform it's very captivating like you can't help but look at what you're doing but it's also like you'll be doing these numbers and it'll feel nostalgic like it really does elicit certain childhood feelings and memories that's kind of amazing to do while you're in a two-piece outfit just stripping on stage i'm like do i want to feel like a child right now i'm dead but yeah it's what are some childhood things that inspired you like what do you still drag like bring over to your drag so one of my like we watched a lot of television growing up in my household like now we don't have cable but (laughs) as a child like I would be watching like these reality shows with my family with my uncle especially like my uncle he's like he's my gay uncle and like he really was there for me 100% all the time and like we would watch like the Tony Awards with each other and we would watch America's Next Top Model and like all these different shows Project Runway so like what I've been watching and like what I've been like exposed to as a child growing up like that's what really influenced my drag and 
like just seeing like these characters on the screen but knowing like underneath that they're also people they're also vulnerable like i think that's important to see as well very that so uh, i'm actually a little surprised that you said reality tv because i would assume that cartoons would have a huge part and like because it just seems so I, I want to say Teen Titans is the one word I'd use to describe, like, that type yeah. of aesthetic and style. Well, I loved Teen Titans as well. I mean, I was really watching, like, anything that was on the TV growing up, because, like, I didn't really play outside. I didn't really have, like, I didn't have a big, a big classroom, first of all, so I didn't really have, like, a lot of friends growing up either. Like, when I was a child, of course. But... I would be in home watching TV, playing Pokemon. Yeah, I love. You could say like I do have like an anime type aesthetic, like because we were just exposed to that. That was like my sister's obsession. Mhm. Um. Yeah, I definitely feel that. Is there a piano in the background? I hope no one can hear this. Um, <laughs> 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 I don't know why they're playing piano. Um. Yeah. No. It's, I, I like really like all of that stuff. And I, I, yeah, I don't know. I also see, you've been mentioned multiple times, Wizard of Oz. And Wizard of Oz definitely. Yes. <laughs> I love the Wizard of Oz. That was the first musical that I was ever in. I was a little oh. munchkin. And but the Wizard of Oz does have a special place in my heart because like I was so young when I first watched it. And then like more importantly to me it's like the Wiz like my uncle introduced me to the Wiz after the Wizard of Oz and ever since then I was just obsessed like my one of my earliest memories was watching the Wiz with my uncle in his room and we were listening to the last song in the movie Home and Diana Ross is singing this and we listened to it and we finished the movie but then right after my uncle goes back turns his subtitles on and he gets a notepad to write down the lyrics and he's just playing it and then he kept pausing it and just playing it again to pause so that we would learn the words together. That's amazing. I really like that. That's also, uh, we were at the edge of that generation where now you can just YouTube it and look up Google lyrics (laughs) and we had, we really had to scrape and, uh, yeah, I did that with Charlotte's Web, the song that Charlotte (laughs) sings at the end. Yeah. Yes, I cause I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm like, this means something. As a seven year old boy, I was like, this means something. Oh, uh, I had I had that on in the conference room of my parents' office, and I had a a legal notepad that I would write down <laughs> things on. And oh, uh, love that. I know. Um, that's really that's really sweet and cute. Um. How did you learn to translate all of that into sewing, your makeup, everything, your performances? So, like, at my core, I'm, like, I'm still discovering who I am as a drag artist. But, like, lately, I've been really thinking about it. I'm, like, I'm really a true, like, theater queen at heart. Like, I am. And, like, theater has always been, at like, for everything for me. I've been doing shows since I was, like six and i've been doing a show ever since then like every year i'm just in a production and like learning like the world of theater really helps with the world of drag because they're very correlated or together and like painting for the back row learning about lighting and stuff it helps to learn all these different elements of theater it's not just acting on the stage there's lighting costuming sound like everything works together and like as drag artists it's really difficult in a way because we really like not we don't necessarily all have teams to work with on this it's all like self-produced yeah so like learning how to be self-sufficient with as well as learning all these different like backgrounds it's like we have to do these things to be like good queens you're really a jack of all trades especially now you got to learn how to get you used to have at least tech people who could get lighting and a stage done for you and figure that stuff out without you. Now we're doing these digital drag shows where we got to put 13 lamps in our room, make right. sure the sound's right, get the sound system connected, make the mixes fit on a Zoom call. 
and mm-hmm. it's just it's yeah I've never really thought of it like you you really are your own team because mm-hmm. in a production there's the PR people who put out the show's production you are your own PR person you need to produce yourself manage yourself because the show is you and you need to make sure people come yeah yeah you're right good that was a good comparison i love this i love after i've been doing this and i've had a couple episodes with queens and each person has just come on and been like this shit is so hard but damn is it worth it like (laughs) and i couldn't agree more and it also shows what type of queens i know that they're willing to say like this is worth it because i know some people who are different um yeah (laughs) but yeah and i think the theater background really does help um Mm -hmm. you told me that a lot of your makeup skills and everything came from theater and is didn't you say that the fact that you did theater so much and had the makeup on you at all times, your skin would start to break out if there wasn't makeup on you. So you had to put makeup on. Yeah, that happened in high school. Cause I would be, I would, first I had people doing my makeup for me. And after a while I was just like, you know, I don't want to be like an inconvenience to someone else. So I should just learn myself. And it just became an addiction. And then like, after wearing makeup for like a whole like two weeks in a row for like costumes and stuff yeah like after a while your skin just gets used to the whole process of like you have to prep your skin so then once you stop prepping your skin every single day like that for makeup your skin breaks out and Mm -hmm. it's just like well might as well just put makeup on yeah and i completely feel that my skin gets terrible whenever i don't right now i haven't had a purpose to put on makeup and i've never had more acne in my life it's real bad mm-hmm. um i thought that it's i sometimes i just put on foundation to lie in bed because i need a break um and lord knows products are way too expensive to try and get rid of the acne um All right yeah that's really interesting but also like you learned from performing on these theater shows, you can see you put on shows when you perform. Um, mm-hmm. The your guy number, that was a theater oh, yeah. performance in its own. You can find that online. It's I definitely recommend. It, right? Yeah. Um. It is fun. It was really good, and you Thank had you. the props. You had. The backup dancers, everything was produced to a T, and it was really good. Yeah, I take pride in a lot of what I do. Like, I don't want to be just another queen that's just walking around the stage, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I really value putting on a show, a production, because it's what gives me the most joy. I can't, you know, people, I've heard queens say that I just rely on pretty and that I'm just a pretty person. But there's so much more to me and my work. I'm like, of course, I know I'm beautiful, <laughs> but I'm also multi-talented. I do a lot of my own work. I've taught myself how to do all of these things and people like kind of discredit that, but you know, that's on them. Well, and I will vouch for you any day because we hosted together and mm-hmm. we put that show together in the attic of a dorm of a room putting like script and script together and that was that was a grueling didn't it took us like three weeks to get somewhat of a script down that Mm. and we barely followed it we barely followed but it was good like it turned out to be really good and the people Mm -hmm. like there were the reviews a lot of people were talking very highly about it and that it was very nice to see it seems so genuine and that's what I yeah. it that's what I really like about you is that it you're right it is very easy to write you off very fast as a pretty girl because you are beautiful but there's substance there's there's genuineness and there's also an appreciation for the craft behind it you're not just putting on a wig and makeup so that you can look pretty you're appreciating the years and years of culture that have gone into mm-hmm. this thing and 
showing it through that craft. And also, it's up to the, like, if the people think you're conceited, they've never heard you talk. Because yeah. anything you've ever said in, like, you, there are multiple things out there where if you look online, it's very clear to see that there is a love and appreciation for the art form beyond just putting on a wig and heels. Mm-hmm, exactly. So I'm I you told me about that and it just completely stuns me that that's a thing. But I feel like that's also something that happens very frequently with pretty queens. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It's just I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Gotta use your pretty privilege. <laughs> um. Oh my god, I do. That's those are some of the funniest stories. I remember. We um we were gonna do the rain we did um it's raining men, mm-hmm. and you were like, we I want to take this um coat and I want to just make it into a whole outfit and ensemble. I'm like I don't know if I can fit this coat around me. It barely fits on my arm. I put it on and it ripped on stage. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, oh my god, that performance was so much fun though. I loved it. I love lip syncing for your life. It was so, it was so much fun. The, like, you have the, like, performance aspect and I had the comedy aspect of you were, you were getting it at the end of the runway. You were throwing your hair, death dropping, throwing hips, and Mm -hmm. your, what was it, necklace or belt flew off and hit someone? <laughs> and it was so funny. The guy in the front wall was like, "What just happened?" <laughs> and I pretended to give CPR to the guy. It was so much fun. Oh, I miss performing in real life. Me too. <laughs> soon, soon. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. I think we're gonna take a quick break. Um, I'm gonna go see why there's a piano playing in the background. And okay, I'll eat a Kit Kat. Oh, love that. All right, we'll be right back. Welcome back. We've checked our tenders and grinders and we're ready to go again. <laughs> Amen. How are you doing? I'm fine. All I'm right. Really I mean, you know, I'm a little tired, but it's it's fine. Everyone in my house is deciding to play instruments, which is fun. Um, I love that. Uh, thank you. We'll be starting a band very soon. You can find us on Spotify under Loud Ass Band. Um, yeah, art to the art, 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 So, you have been one of the most outspoken personal queens I know about racism revolving around drag culture and a lot of queer culture to I think first off there's no better time to talk about that than right now um I mean it's pride month and I think a lot of people are forgetting what pride month actually is um which is very interesting that we're okay with celebrating in the streets but not okay with the fact that it was started by a black trans woman. Um, so, what do you think are some issues in the commun- in the drag? Let's start with the drag community because we, I've only got thirty more minutes, and if we want to talk racism in the queer community, we're gonna need a whole three hours. Um, yeah, what do you what are what are some things you think are currently plaguing the drag community? drag race just yet yeah that's like its own set of like problematic issues but like for like local queens and like well first of all there's just an issue with like putting white gays at like another pedestal for some reason like athletic like straight passing most of the time but like more so like conventionally attractive white gays at a pedestal that we just put them on for some reason without like acknowledging other queer people of color and performers who have like more talent most of the time yeah but they're not being presented or given the same opportunities because they're not what we consider like what society accepts as like 
the accepted queens as what's like everyone wants to see and it's just like what like how do we like solve this issue because like most of the time these queer people of color have to work 10 times harder to be given the same opportunities and even then they're not treated fairly i i often feel like i'll see a white queen put on a wig barely have contour not have nails and have a five dollar outfit from target and they'll be awarded a stage and said this belongs to you while there are other queens of color who are out there working their ass off making their own garments having wonderful faces and still not getting booked anywhere mm-hmm. and it's it doesn't make sense to me it's in your it's it's very surprising that like there's just it's it's awarded to people and it doesn't make any sense to me why to me talent deserves to be awarded and there is yeah. no talent whatsoever in what I'm seeing being awarded yeah um it in your i it's those basic straight white skinny it's always skinny yeah <laughs> um and it's just it's been very interesting. Disheartening, really. Right. Like, you see these people, and, like, sure, like, everyone deserves a chance and, like, have fun in drag, but there is, like, responsibility as well when it comes to being a drag queen and having that platform. Everyone... Like, to speak up for people and to use your voice. Everyone deserves the right to do drag. Not everyone has the right to do drag more than once. Yeah. Because... I understand, like, the I had a whole problem with the whole celebrity drag race where it's like you're taking something that is very important and you're making it a costume and an event. And that, like, how many people are now going to be like, oh, I can just go to a bar and go work and go do this. And, like, there's so much more into it. And that, I don't... You're being rewarded for doing base value and pretty much doing nothing. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I don't, I, like I said before, there are many queens who, when you work, you see that they take pride and they take love in what they are doing. And that this, a lot of the industry, there is no reward other than personal growth and the feeling you feel when you do perform on a stage and the crowd reacts and there are queens who need more they want more they expect the world and that's I don't think they deserve to do drag because I don't think that that's representing drag the correct way and it's just it sullies the name but yeah it's it's a damn shame that's the tea sis and come attack me you know where i am um (laughs) i'm not gonna name names mostly because i don't know many of those queens because i don't like to associate myself with people who skate by like that but um (laughs) sorry (laughs) um no but you've done you do a really good job at actually educating people about the problem, which yeah. you we've worked together many of times on queer issues, and right. you always do a really good ta- job at educating where it's coming from, why it's happening, how it's happening, and the easy ways to fix it. And you always approach things with that angle. And I find it very... You're, it's so well done. Well, it comes from a place where, like... I've dealt... I've had many relationships where I have to dealt with, like, a lot of ignorance and a lot of selfishness. Mm-hmm. And, of course, everyone has the right to, like, stand up for themselves. And to, like, you know, be who they are. But at the same time, there is, like, 
there has to be growth in people. It can't always be like, oh, that's just how I've been raised. Mm-hmm. That's just what I know. It's like, well, things are changing. People are changing. I'm willing to learn if you're also willing to learn. And like coming from like having like my dad, for example, like I don't talk to him anymore, but like he would always complain about everything. And like I, I just like I learned to do the opposite of him. I would like if there was an issue that I saw, I'm going to find a way to fix it. I'm not just going to sit around and do nothing about it and expect someone else to to make a change because at the end of the day, it's up to us, it's up to ourselves to make these effective changes to take the action to get what we want, to get what we deserve, to get what we need. Yeah, it. You're entirely correct, and you you do a really good job at that. Um. I'm I'm always impressed. You are always someone I come to when I'm like, I need help defining this or figuring out how to fix this because you mm-hmm. always have the groundwork done and you know what needs to be done. Yeah. Um, like, so we were talking about that, like, drag needs to be more than walking around the stage and just doing a number. How do you put in a message into drag without it being too much? Or, well, I mean, that even upsets me because too much. You're a man in a wig prancing around the stage. No matter what you do, it's going to be too much. It's going to be too much. Um... Yeah. I don't know what I'm trying to say here. No, I, I get what you're I get what you're saying. Um, like to find like that message and like how to portray it through your drag, but like do it effectively. I think what's important, like above all, is to have the intent to be sincere with your work, to be genuine. Like I don't like I'm not a person who's gonna be like very upfront and like have like a whole number where I'm just like having a speech. That's just not me. It's finding an even ground and balance of what you're comfortable with because I think, like, I, we should be stepping out of our box, but we should also be doing what we're comfortable with because we're still learning and growing, of course. But, like, for example, with, like, my last number with the work mix, like, it was fun. It was work, 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 work. It was Rihanna. But then at the end, I still had a message of, like, women's rights and equal pay. You know, like, it doesn't have to be very, like, in your face all the time well and I often hear like I just want to do drag to have fun and I'm just here to do like the top 40 hit and recently I'm now an LGBTQ studies major so I've been doing a lot more research and studying and reading stories about the dawn of LGBTQ rights and as you look in more and more and more and more, the whole reason that you are able to go onto the stage and sing your little medley is because of years of fighting and endless slaughter. All the people who died at Stonewall. No one died at Stonewall. <laughs> I know. I love to bring that reference in anytime I can. It is my favorite thing. Um, like, all of the... And, like, to me, it feels wrong. It feels fundamentally wrong to just go out and do nothing with it. And we, like, the privilege has been something that's been talked about very frequently. You are wasting your privilege if you are able to go out on a stage, have a good medley, and then go off and have nothing. It mean nothing. Yeah. Because the whole reason that you are able to do that is built on the backs of people who fought physically and verbally amend every single form fought so that you could have that right and yeah. it's just you need and substance never makes us so bad no one's ever gonna look at your song and go oh well i liked it until they said like black lives matter or they said make sure to support queer cherry i that really just got me at the end there you know everyone knows that you're not a man that you're not a woman that you're a queer member of society like 
it's gonna add substance. Yeah. Oh. It's upsetting. Of course, there's gonna be a balance too. Like, go ahead, have fun numbers where you're just doing like another, um, you know, pop diva song. Go ahead. But like at the end of the day, know where you come from. As long as you know where you come from and you have the intent. Well, I mean, like, go for it. And do the pop song, but. I don't even know if you meant to do this, but in your Dangerous Woman mix, mm-hmm. you do the Kill Bill line with, what's her name? Oren Isi. Yeah. You, with the heritage, and it adds, mm-hmm. first off, it's fierce as hell. Like, it's a good show to watch. You had a fake head, you were cutting things off. It was good to watch, but it also has an underlying women's empowerment, Asian heritage. Like, it's so good, and there is nothing that is lost by you putting in a message. You still get to do a top 40s hit that everyone's going to love. It's really good. And finding that balance in it. I'm I'm gonna I no three okay I'll talk about it <laughs> for the next drag show that we're doing this weekend. Yes. I have plan. It's for Pride. Yes. And I was looking through the Spotify playlists and I'm like, what Pride song can I do? Oh, coming out. I'll do something by Whitney Houston. What mm-hmm. is gonna get? And I was looking and looking and I would listen to these songs for like hours on end trying to choreograph and nothing would come. I'm like, why is nothing coming for this? So I took a break. I went through my personal library and I just started playing a song. And a song hit me and I was like, this is really good. But this isn't like, it's by a queer artist, but it doesn't have anything to do with pride. And it's by a boy. So I can't perform this. And then I was like, wait, what? That makes no sense. I'm let's do this represent queerness in all of its facets there's no way that i shouldn't be able to perform a queer song by like it's got a good message what is what is it that has put me in my drag and taught me from my coming up that doing a male song is the end of the life like that doesn't make sense to me and as i kept thinking about it i'm like no this is the perfect song to do because you need to represent the entire fluidity of the queer culture. And mm-hmm. it's, yeah. So, I'm doing a male song for our Pride performance. I was thinking about doing a male song, too. It's, and it's just, don't you feel, like, don't you feel that that's taboo? That's not something you can do? And that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Like, I've been wanting to do a Jason Derulo number. I'm not doing one. Mm-hmm. But I've been wanting to do a Jason Derulo number for so long because they're so good. And the only way I thought of being able to do one is to get one of my female friends in king drag and like that seems so wrong why do we have such very vivid lines around what can be done it makes no sense mm-hmm. so i'm excited yeah, some of my favorite lip syncs on drag race were like the male lip syncs like yeah bob versus Derek, um raja o'hara versus mercedes like those two are like on my top 10 Perfect. That actually plays into later, and I'm very happy you've talked about that. Um, <laughs> let's. Um, so, I really want to talk to you because you've been doing a very good job posting and also creating a lot of helpful posts, slides, mm-hmm. all of that stuff um, right now about um, Black Lives Matter. And you posted uh, nine queer or nine black people who have. Um, it, oh God, I can't. The seven films. Yes. TV shows with black leads. Yes, yeah. that was. It was so like it was so good and it was perfect because. Peep, I've seen a lot of people dodging this because it doesn't affect them, mm-hmm. but you summed up in a very fast, eloquent way why this affects all of the people involved and like. You didn't put anything that was out there in the open um, that was, like, random and you didn't expect it to be on there. 
how many people watch RuPaul's Drag Race and that's a black show that has affected almost every single drag queen in their life. This affects you. Um, You've been doing a very good job with creating things like that where it's perform like you turn someone from an ally into a real ally and i'm just very interested in your process of how do you how what is like how are you making sure that people do things because that's been really hard to do mm-hmm. well well going back onto like my post we were just talking about mm-hmm. i'm gonna do a repost of it soon because i forgot to put two one show and one movie that just really have impacted my drag a lot, but we'll see that later. <laughs> but in a way for like how people can be more active and vocal, I think it's important to know your limits because not everyone can do the same thing. And like I respect that 100%. Some people really can't be vocal because they live in yeah. households where they're not allowed to talk about these issues, but there's always an intent. I had a conversation with a friend and she she was in that situation but I'm like as long as you have the intent that's all that really matters and like there's also things that you can do without putting yourself out that's the other thing that you've been touching upon is how do you actually become an activist versus doing something for clout yeah. I feel like every the call-out culture has become very rampant lately where if you're not posting something on your story every two seconds of how you're helping, you're not doing it right. But there's, like, I've had multiple friends come up and be like, I'm, I, should I be going to a protest? I have family members with immune deficiencies, and corona is still a thing. It is yes. still very rampant. And they're like, I don't feel safe for my family going out and exposing myself to this, but this is still a thing I want to. I'm like, okay, well then donate. I have no money. If you have no money, there are petitions you can sign. And there are freak, like we are frequent numbers of YouTube videos that have come out that are like strictly ads and they generate thousands of dollars of ad revenue for different organizations. And I understand it might be very hard. So if you are allowed to be vocal publicly, it is very easy for you to be vocal publicly. If you are not, it's kind of more important because you have to do the things that actually need to get done. Like you yeah. need to sign the petitions. You need to raise the money. And I don't think anyone should feel lesser than for having to do those type of measures because they are just as successful and helpful leave your computer on and go look up a youtube video of one of these donation sites and go to bed just leave your computer running with a loop on no one's gonna see that no one's gonna get upset at that but you're still doing something and that's what it really you need to do something Mm -hmm. there is a lot of things that we could all be doing whether it's public or private Mm -hmm. as long as we have the intent and we're actually putting our effort into it that's all that matters for me when i saw the whole like a black screen the black screen image it really bothered me because it was like these people just posted this square to not be like left out when there's there was intent behind it where we're supposed to be posting this black square so that we could be doing research on our own and look up these activists like sites and stuff and people aren't weren't doing that well i i yeah that was it was very weird to me i posted the black screen before i went to Mm -hmm. bed on midnight went to bed woke up and then i started doing research i'm like first off it was clogging the hashtag page and making information go away and it was doing nothing and then it really bothered me when I saw someone post it and then they still had like racist things in the their feed like in their Instagram photo and it was so performative and it was so it didn't make any sense to me so someone recommended going in taking it down and going back in again and posting the black screen 
but also posting different organizations as follow-up images and websites which I thought was brilliant and I thought Mm -hmm. that that was something that was very good um and it was it, it just I'm I've never been more surprised like you think that you won't be surprised at the how low someone can get and then two days after they post a black screen they're saying I think these protests are a little too much let's get this over with like are you kidding me oh my gosh okay I've enjoyed that conversation I thank you for having that conversation with me um I think there are now many different outlets we have told you throughout this whole thing on how to get be a better ally and stuff I want to end this like I do most of the times with a cute little game for you Alrighty. Um, so you've already mentioned that you love lip syncs from Drag Race um, you can say that <laughs> um, <laughs> most of them most of them there are some that are boots um, so I want to name a song and see if you can name the two queens who performed oh it gosh. Okay. Can you fun. do this? I love this. Okay, I'm gonna start really easy. Okay. RuPaul and Michelle Visage. <laughs> oh, um, that was Peanut Butter in All Stars Three, or it was the Christmas special. The Christmas special. <laughs> yeah. Um. So we have MacArthur Park. Oh, Manila and um, Delta Work. Nice. For extra point, you can name the winner. Manila. Yes, of course. I'm looking at Manila and I'm thinking, wow, this is Broadway. <laughs> I, I've already mentioned it multiple times, but my favorite ever line in Drag Race history is when that girl walks down the street and Alexis goes, guys, look, it's Manila. Hey, Manila. <laughs> I love that. that it, was, it was the best part of All Stars 1 and you can't stop me from... Um, oh sorry, not sorry. Baby, I'm sorry. That song, Demi Lovato. Okay, making sure. Um, what's their names? Evie Oddly and Brooklyn Heights. And, and they both stayed. Correct. Oh, that was such a good one. It's not right, but it's okay. It's not right, but it's okay. <laughs> ben De La Creme and B.B. Zahara Bene. No. 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 Wait, wait, it's not right. No, I'm, I'm thinking of the other song. The wit. This is the Whitney um, Houston. You get here. I get those songs mixed up. It's not right, but it's okay. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna make it. In my I'll way. give you a hint. It was a finale song. For a, a spinning wheel. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Um, oh my goodness. I want to say peppermint for some reason. Yes. Peppermint. Sasha? Yes. Oh, okay, okay. Um, I get those songs mixed up all the time. That, I love that song. That is one of the best lip syncs. Um, the Edge of Glory. Oh. They did it twice, didn't they? Yes. Well, Evie and Brooklyn. That's the one I'm looking at right now. Okay. Um. God, Evie was so good. Um... Shut up and drive. Oh, Alyssa Edwards and Tatiana. That changed my life. It was really good. Um, into you. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Valentina and Monet Exchange. Yes. Um, you're really good. A little fun fact about me. Huh? Is my best friend Sammy and I. We have, you know, Ellen DeGeneres, yeah. her Heads Up app. You know how you can customize your own deck? Okay. We made one where it's just like the lip syncs, and we'd have to act it out. Nice. You guess which lip sync it was. That's really good. Um, Greedy, one of the most iconic. Oh my gosh, Nina Benina Brown. Nina Benina Osama Bin Laden Brown. Yes. Uh, oh, no, Banana Fafana. Um, and Valentina. Yes. Hey, give me a hard one. Okay, I'm going. I'm going to the back now. <laughs> Man, I feel like a woman. Man, I feel like a woman. 
Mayhem Miller, no, no, no. Yeah, Mayhem Miller and Monet Exchange. Nice! Right. Um, I'm gonna go to some of the... episode Shania Twain was on. Yes, it was. And Cameron got to say hello. Yeah. Um... Woman Up. Yeah. And Cynthia Lee Dude, you're so uh, good at this. I remember that. Because <laughs> uh, I barely even know that song, too. I love that song. I that I have uh, the playlist. Like trainer, right? Yeah. Okay, making sure. What doesn't kill you stronger? Nice, dude. Wow. Um. I just think of like the one queen, and I'm like, who did she lip sync against? That's really you. Um. This is so fun. This is really you're really good at this. (laughs) Um, bad romance. This is a hard one. Oh, this is a hard one. Mm -hmm. I'm like thinking, like, what year did Bad Romance come out? It was one of the earlier seasons. Yep. I why why do I want to say Jiggly? I know she did a good No, song. it was season so three. This way. Season three, bad romance. Was this like season three? <gasps> bad romance. The, the, in the song it goes walk, walk, fashion, baby, right? Yes. Okay, so it was um Delta Work and Phoenix? Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, dude, you are so good at this. <laughs> I just watch like lip syncs on YouTube, like compilations, like the best moments, like all the splits and dips. You know. I'm, I'm, I'm getting close to the end of this list. Party in the USA. Oh. Um, penetration, and Serena Cha Cha. Yes. I want it to be known that you're not looking at a phone. There is no way for you to be cheating. <laughs> Supermodel. Oh, that's season one. That was like... That's hard because I never actually watched season one. Supermodel work. I feel like, wasn't that like the last song? No. I want to see like, wasn't Angina doing that song? No, she didn't. It's okay. You've got you you've gotten one wrong out of this whole list. I know, right? It's Victoria Porkchop Parker. Oh yes. And can you name the, the, the person? The first episode. Can you name the person she was against? Against? Oh my goodness! I feel like. What's her name? It starts with an A, right? Yeah. Like Akasha. Yes. Okay. Nasty. That was a lip sync finale, right? Yep. Nasty. Aquaria and no? No. It was her season though. Yes. Oh, Karen Michaels and Asia O'Hara. Yes, let the butterflies fly. The butterflies. I will survive. Oh, and neither of them survived. No. That was Lady Love McQueen. And um, Dax exclamation point. Correct. Um, dancing on my own. I keep dancing on my own. Um, I get copyrighted for that for me singing that. No, it was less than fifteen seconds. Juju <laughs> <laughs> B and Raven. Yes, cold-hearted snake. Oh, this is one of my favorite lip syncs, and like I literally cannot remember who it was now because he just said that. You're a cold-hearted snake. Um. Alyssa Edwards and Coco Montries. Yes. I had to think of her doing the, the pointing her finger to yep. her mouth. Mambo number five. Oh, easy. Jinx, Monsoon, and Detox. One of the best ones ever, Natural Woman. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, we have that dancing person. Who, who was that dance? But I, Latrice, Latrice, of course. Yes. But like, I want to say Kenya Michael. Yes! Okay. <laughs> You've officially beaten Drag Race. Um, 
Dang, that's really good. I didn't expect... I was really worried that this challenge would be hard. You slayed it. Thank you. I'll be here all night. Oh, God bless. All week. All quarantine. Uh, well, thank you so much. It's been thank a joy so to talk much. to you. Dab. Dab. Thank you. Um, I'm so sorry if you listened to this. Oh, wait. Where, where can people find you? Instagram Fallon X Angel and on Venmo and Cash App and PayPal under Fallon Angel except Cash App is under my Instagram name for my boy account you want Demilo. Nice. And you don't need to see me. <laughs> um thank you so much and if you heard thank any you. of this I'm so sorry that you listened. This was just supposed to be background noise. Dub, 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 dub. Hey, can you do me a quick favor before this starts? Yeah, you. Insert name here. That's you. Yeah, I'm talking to you. Um, go on YouTube real quick. I want to show you this video. No, I'll wait. How's the day? Okay, good. So you got it open. So can you go to Liza Koshy's subscription right now? Yeah. You're a new black artist, one view equals one donor. Yeah, go click on that and just put it in the background of your video. It'll help donate. Or just type in Black Lives Matter Donate in the YouTube search bar. And it has many different videos to just put on in the background so that you can end up donating money by having your computer on and not even looking at it. Yeah, it's that easy. So why aren't you doing it? Thank you. Love you. Bye-bye.